Hello out there, boys and girls of the neighborhood. This is DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI, and I'd like to welcome you to the second edition of By the Book, a fantasy booking podcast. Uh, got some great feedback from By the Book episode one, uh, where I looked at the potential winners of Money in the Bank. Uh, didn't quite work the way I planned. I did not see. Alberto Del Rio coming, and I want to give credit where credit is due. Not that I remember your names. Feel free to tweet me and claim responsibility, and I will give you the proper due. But there were a handful of people, two or three or four people, who did say that they thought Alberto Del Rio was going to be in this, and many of you actually thought he was going to win. I'm still not going to go that far, but I will give you credit for at least anticipating he would be in the match at all. Um, So kudos to you out there in the neighborhood for seeing that one coming. That was a prediction I was not willing to make. Uh, Like I said, I don't think he has a chance of winning, but considering I didn't think he had a chance of being in the match, I could be very, very wrong. Uh, I don't think it will have the excitement that wrestling fans are clamoring for. When you've got Kevin Owens and Dean Ambrose and uh, Cesaro and, you know, all of those guys, Sami Zayn, all of those guys in there, uh, Alberto Del Rio is a letdown uh, to win Money in the Bank. So hopefully they don't go that route, but I will leave it up there. I still believe John Cena tonight on Raw. It is Monday. Uh, I believe John Cena will be uh, making his entrance into Money in the Bank But I've been wrong before. Like I said, my predictions are quantity over necessarily quality. So I'm going to predict that. And if I'm wrong, I will happily admit to being so. I did not intend for this to become a weekly show. And I don't think it will become a weekly show. Um, this is this comes to me as ideas come to mind. I intend on bringing them to you, the neighborhood. Uh, so the fact that this is going to be the second week in a row is a happy accident. You know, it could be that this happens more than once a week. It could be that we go weeks before this happens. But I am here with some ideas to share with you. And again, I'm looking at Money in the Bank, but I'm not going to focus on that match itself. I'm going to talk about some other things that people have been clamoring for, uh, an idea that I have had. And what I'm hoping to do is uh, solve a problem that I particularly foresee, and and it has to do with the idea of the big four pay-per-views. So that's kind of where we're going. Um, But as I said... Not sure when this will happen again. Uh, I do encourage you, however, to get out onto the Twitter, talk to Doc Manson at Doc Manson, tweet at Mrs. Manson at Mrs. Manson DDT, she with the now 100 followers. I know there's going to come a day where she has more followers than Doc, and I will laugh and laugh and laugh when that happens. Um, But, you know, demand more Manson family podcasts. Demand them. 
they have they live together. They could be podcasting every day if they want to. And I know that I'm going to get a little bit of flack from Doc Manson for doing this show on my own. If Doc, if you want to be part of the Buy the Book podcast, all you got to do is ask. I know you're a busy guy. Um, I know Oscar, dear, lovely Oscar, uh, has got some things going on right now. I did not want to impose on your holiday. Uh, but if you want to be part of Buy the Book, you just come right on over there, my friend. All right, let's get to the podcast proper. I keep checking Twitter. I'm going to try not to do that. We're going to be preaching and promoting positivity here on this show, for I am the Pope of Positivity. Uh, so let's talk Money in the Bank, and let's talk, let's start by talking about uh, the women. And there has been a large group of you out there in the neighborhood who are clamoring for a women's money in the bank match. You think it's time. They've got a new championship. Things are being legitimized. Let's make this real with a women's money in the bank ladder match. I love the sentiment. I do believe the women need to be uh, have a part of this. There needs to be storylines and matches specifically designed for them. Um, they can be taking things. The, the submission match from Extreme Rules was fantastic. S but I don't know that we need a female ladder match. I've never seen one that I'm aware of. Uh, and I'm sure it could be fine. But it it's just that's that's kind of its own thing right now. And I'm never a huge fan of having two of the same match on a pay-per-view anyways. When you have two sell matches on the same card or two Money in the Bank matches on the same card, it dilutes the entire thing. You want it to be its own spectacle. I'm not going to address. I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence. At least I'm brushing up alongside the idea of what's going on out there in the wrestling world with the types of wrestling that you enjoy. You like what you like. But when you have two of the same match on a card, it's not very good. You want to have a lot of different kinds of things. And so having two ladder matches, even if one is a male match and one is a female match, I, I don't necessarily... Uh, go for that. However, I do enjoy the idea of having some sort of money in the bank stipulation and uh, angle and character, story, gimmick, call it what you will, for the female combatants. And so we were brainstorming on Twitter, and one of the ideas that I had while driving, I was on my way to get my hair cut, actually, uh, it looks great, thanks for asking, is the... Uh, a fatal four-way elimination match. The the Money in the Bank ladder match is all about being the one to make it to the end, to last, to, dare I say, survive. Keep that word in mind, friends. That's where we're heading. But, um, and a fatal four-way elimination match would be the same thing. I love multi-person matches, and I hate when it's it just ends after one fall. For some reason, that always bothers me. I get the idea that the champion doesn't need to be pinned to lose their title. I understand the storyline behind it. But to me, <clears throat> I, when I see that, I want an elimination match. And I want it to go down to being only one person left standing. And so I think that would be a great thing to do here. Would be a fatal four-way elimination match to win <clears throat> the Money in the Bank contract. And... I hesitate to call it to, to give it a briefcase. 
just because we already have a briefcase and we've seen what happens when you have two briefcases. They've, there's going to be a time. I'm in the middle. Actually, I just started a Money in the Bank match marathon, hashtag MITB match marathon, where I'm watching all of them. I'm on WrestleMania 22. I've seen these ones already, but I'm going to get into, once we get to a Money in the Bank pay-per-view, I've never seen these matches before. So I'm going to be watching those matches. Um, having two briefcases, you know, it... it it diminishes the entire product when you have two of the same thing. But I like the idea of the contract. And what I'm doing here is I'm borrowing a little bit from what I believe is going on in Lucha Underground. I believe that there are these seven Aztec medallions, and they eventually came together for the Gift of the Gods championship. Um, I also know that in TNA, you can turn in your X Division title for a world title shot. So I would do something like that. It doesn't have to be a title belt. Um, the easy answer is to go with some piece of jewelry. I don't know whether or not people would like that idea because it's too much of a female thing, you know, some sort of pendant or a necklace or a bracelet or something. But that part really doesn't matter as much. It doesn't matter what it is. What matters is that this Fatal 4-Way elimination match results in you winning something that allows you to cash in for a women's title match at any point in the next 12 months. I think that would be a great thing. Uh, Somebody brought up the idea, and again, I should write these things down, but I was in a car driving. I think I was actually stopped at the post office when somebody mentioned... Qualification matches. Exactly. There should be qualification matches. So if we were doing it for this coming Money in the Bank, it's probably too soon or too late now. You would have, and I, I like four. Let me make that point. Um, people were talking about, you know, a, a ladder match with six women. The problem with that is the women's roster is not big enough to allow for six qualified people to be in it. The male roster has 30 to 40 talents, and of those 30 to 40 talents, six of them, or seven in this instance, I don't know why it's seven, but seven of them, make it to money in the bank. That's 20%. If we're looking at six females to go into a money in the bank match of any kind, whether it's ladder or not, now you're over half of the actual female wrestling population because ignoring our champion, let's go through. Sasha, Paige, Becky, Natty, Summer, Lana, Naomi and Tamina, both who are injured, Dana Brooke. Am I missing someone? I don't think so. I have nine fingers up, and yes, I counted on my fingers. Of those nine talents, maybe 10 or 11, if you reach for, you know, maybe Bailey comes up or something, um, you're going to take 60% of them and put them in this match. That's not, you want this match to be of supreme quality, just like most of, I assume, the Money in the Bank ladder matches are of supreme quality. So I would say four. And my four are the first four I named, Sasha, Paige, Natalia, Becky Lynch. Those are the four that should be in this first match because those four are going to potentially steal the show if you let them. So they have qualification matches. You know, Becky beats Dana, Paige beats Lana, Natalia beats Naomi, who's, you know, whatever. They beat people. 
Maybe Eva Marie comes out and she's doing it, and then the returning Sasha Banks, there's a great idea. Eva Marie comes out and she announces she's going to be in it, and maybe she hints that because she's in tight with the authority and they like her so much, she's just going to, she doesn't have to qualify. And then Shane or Stephanie comes out and says, "Eh, no, you're going to have to qualify, and your opponent is. And then Sasha Banks' music hits, and everyone in the neighborhood falls over with glee. So, regardless, uh, those would be the four that I would do that with. The very first match, Sasha Page, Natalia, Becky Lynch. Sure, Sasha would probably win, but again, somebody, I think it was Jason Multoff, made a case that Becky Lynch would be an intriguing uh, women's champion. I think all four of these ladies, it would be a crying shame if Natalia doesn't hold this title. A crying, crying shame if Natalia is never women's champion. Uh, so there we go. That would be my idea for a women's match. And now you've got Money in the Bank has two matches, different uh, gimmicks. You're not going to see those matches appear on Extreme Rules. You're not going to see them appear at TLC, SGX4. They're going to be their own thing. Let's pause that, leave that there, and come with me on a different journey. Let's talk about the tag title scene. Now, this all started because I have made the prediction that uh, this team of Tyler Breeze and Fandango... You can call them Breezango if you want, but that's silly. You could call them Fubreeze if you wanted, but that's even silly. I'm going to go ahead, and my name's silly too, but it's the name I came up with, and that would be Team Gorgeous. And I suppose the mmm would sound more like mmm, but it would be Team Gorgeous. You could potentially have a stable here. Uh, Ty Dillinger, hopefully with this brand extension, which is not why I'm doing this podcast, so I'm going to save that, comes up. Put in Dolph Ziggler. There's a stable right there. Anyways, side thing. Moving on. Uh, I think they're going to win the tag titles in 2016. And the reason I feel that way is uh, for a couple different reasons. Um, one of which it has to do with our champions. I love New Day. You know I love New Day because you probably love New Day too. But they're no longer doing anything meaningful with those tag titles. They're not. The tag division is stagnant um, right now with New Day at the top. No fault of their own. It's just you can only take those belts so far when you're so much better than everyone else. They had a good match with the Vaudevillains. They won. There's no real that I can see, you know, great top contenders. I forgot what happened on Raw even with New Day. But regardless... They could be doing things in the singles division. I think I mentioned last week on By the Book, you could make a case for them to be in Money in the Bank in some form or fashion. There would be a cool story and things they could do there. New Day could contend for singles titles, individually or as a collective group, which personally I think would be more fun as they try to use this Freebird rule in singles action. Never seen that done before, that I'm aware of. So they need to go, and the the presumptive next faces of the tag division are Enzo and Cass, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but Enzo and Cass feuding with New Day would be fun, but they're both faces, and that's awkward, and so you, you, know, you need some more teams. You've got the Shining Stars, who I like. Um, you've got the Dudleys, who are fine. You've got the Usos, who are black holes of charisma. Um, and then you have Tyler Breeze and Fandango. And I I make the comparison 
to the New Age insider our New Age insiders. Wow. Wow. You can tell how deep I am when that's the Freudian slip I make. The New Age outlaws is who I was originally referring to. Uh, in the mid-90s, Rockabilly and The Roadie were two wrestlers going absolutely nowhere. Singles runs were were nothing. They weren't going to make it anywhere. Uh, so they got teamed up, and it was weird. It was weird to see these two guys teamed up, but then they started to get a little bit of attitude, and they feuded randomly with uh, Mick Foley, or Cactus Jack, and Chainsaw Charlie, which is Terry Funk with stockings on his head, uh, was entertaining. But And all of a sudden, they became the predominant tag team of the Attitude Era. When you think Attitude Era tag teams, the New Age Outlaws are what comes to mind. And that started with two singles wrestlers going nowhere, and they got brought together from what seemingly was, let's just throw that against the wall and see what sticks. Does that sound familiar to you? That's exactly what they're doing with Tyler Breeze and Fandango. Similar gimmicks, roadie, rockabilly, similar kinds of gimmicks. Let's put them together because they're both going nowhere. Let's see what happens. And I think lightning can strike with these guys. They're, you know, they're entertaining to watch together. They've won a couple of matches. I do think this is... Um, a tag team that could surprise and you want that to be a surprise when this happens you want it to be surprising and so one idea you could have would be a tag team gauntlet match you put all of these tag teams together into one match new day is at the very end and they defend their titles against whoever wins the gauntlet match so then you can throw in the usos or the vaudevillains or the shining stars or any of these tag teams you can even put some random people together into making these tag teams and you have a five or six team gauntlet match winners take on the new day right afterwards you don't wait and that could be a way for tyler breeze and fandango to shock the world where they come in midway through they beat you know maybe they beat enzo and cast because enzo's still not um, super healthy enough to compete. And I know, you know, I'm assuming that he's even healthy to compete now, but, and they, you know, defeat the shining stars and then they go up against new day and they manage to sneak or eke a win out. I'm not saying they need to dominate here, but they happen to find themselves holding the tag team titles. I think you could tell some great stories with them as champions. They would be natural opponents for Enzo and Cass. They've got a lot for Enzo to play off of. Um, they would work feuding with the Vaudevillains. They would work feuding with the Dudley Boys, the Pretty Boys versus the Dudley Boys. Lots of options here, um, you know, to give the tag team division something new, some new in talent, some new stories. Uh, so then we have that. So now I'm looking at it, and I've got this women's match idea, and I've got this tag team match idea. And the entire theme, as I mentioned earlier, is survival. Which brings me to another problem that is more of a my problem than a worldly neighborhood problem. Survivor Series is no longer one of the big four pay-per-views. It used to be Thanksgiving holiday, you get together, <clears throat> you watch this random amalgam of wrestlers in elimination tag matches you see who the survivors are the gobbledygooker shows up every now and then but now it's it's nothing it's 
blah. The last time the Survivor Series mattered, it was that five-on-five match for with the Authority, and that story dwindled away fairly quickly, to the point where I don't even remember it. The only thing I really remember from that is Luke Harper saying, I'm a team player. So, it needs uh, some infusion. It needs something new. Money in the Bank is a pay-per-view designed around a single match, and as you probably know, we've talked about on podcasts before, those pay-per-views, those are hard pay-per-views, where it's a pay-per-view designed around a single match. You know, uh, Hell in a Cell, TLC, all of these kinds of things. TLC is just Extreme Rules all over again. So, my idea is, let's take the word survive, let's really go with the survivor part of Survivor Series And let's move all of these matches to it. So this is a pay-per-view designed around survival. Money in the Bank is one of the headlining matches. This Fatal 4-Way elimination match for the women, there's a match. The Tag Gauntlet, there's a match. If the storyline dictates it, you could put an elimination chamber in there. Don't make it this random WWE Network event. Put it in a pay-per-view where it meets the story. You know, you could make a story where there are all these guys feuding with each other over the title. Let's put them in elimination chamber and see who survives. And Survivor Series. Now, one crazy idea I had is move it. If you don't want it in November, move it. Put Survivor Series in June if you want to. Put it in October if you want to. It doesn't have to be the same month it's always been. Move it, but make it matter. And you could do it with these kind of matches. Another idea. Take all the guys left over, you know, the ones who aren't in these matches. Mid-card matches. I'll come back to the Battle Royal. Mid-card matches. Make them some sort of survival theme. Have we ever seen a Intercontinental or a U.S. title match with a last-man-standing stipulation? Have those titles ever meant enough to put that kind of match with a title on the line? I honestly don't know. Maybe they have. Maybe they haven't. But that's a survival kind of match. An I Quit match is a survival kind of match. Let's do that. Give me a story. Sammy Owens. Sammy Owens. It's been a long day, folks. And I'm not going to edit this. So you're going to have just heard me say Sammy Owens. You know where I'm going with this. Wow. Just wow. Let me take a second. Okay, I'm back. Sammy Zane and Kevin Owens feuding for the Intercontinental title in a last man standing match. Give that title some real pop in terms of a big time match, big feel, big superstars, big moment for that title. Take everybody else. You're not in the main event scene. You're not in Money in the Bank. You're not in the mid card even. Put them in a battle royal. Winner of that gets a scheduled Intercontinental U.S. title match, depending on what brand they're on, maybe. Presuming that we're, we're doing this brand thing. Battle Royal, interpropo- interpromotional Battle Royal. If a guy like Bo Dallas wins at the next pay-per-view, whatever it is, he gets a title shot uh, 
against his mid-card champion on whatever brand he's in. Make it meaningful. Last idea. This is going a little even crazier than I've already gone. And I just called somebody Sammy Owens. So I'm, I've lost my mind. I would put an NXT match on a WWE event in a traditional Survivor Series match. You do want to at least admit tradition, so you need to have one elimination tag match in the traditional Survivor Series format. So what I do is I take eight of the top NXT superstars and you put them in a match. And the winner, the Survivors go one of two ways with this. The survivors, if there's multiple, all of them get called up. That's it. They're done. That was their, la- you know, their their NXT run essentially ends at that moment and they become WWE talent. Or the survivors have to then face each other and the winner of that gets a call up. So it's just one person. I'm reminded of, yeah, I think it's the Battle Bowl Lethal Lockdown, Lethal Lottery, not Lethal Lockdown. I am. This is why I usually write things down, or I have Doc Manson to help me out here. Uh, lethal Lottery: random people becoming uh, tag partners, then they face each other, and then you have a battle royal. But I believe the last two men in the battle royal then had to face each other in an actual match. I think that's what its storyline was. I might be confusing it with some other. Storyline, As you can tell, this is a confusing podcast. But, so, just imagine, let's do it right now. So you've got, um, it's hard when they've called up so many people, but let's go ahead and say uh, Nakamura, Aries, Dillinger, Gable and Jordan, the Revival, put them in there too. So, Aries, the Revival, and Ty Dillinger on one side, Nakamura, Jordan and Gable, and Eric Young, just for lack of a better option, on the other side. Eight men, four-on-four, elimination tag. Let's say that Aries and Ty Dillinger are the last two remaining on their team. Either both of them get called up, or they then have to wrestle each other, and whoever wins gets called up would be an outside-the-box thing. I do believe we're going to see some sort of blurring of NXT and WWE. I I don't think it's a bad thing when you have the network to feature NXT talents on your WWE shows. Again, just an idea. So what I'm talking about here, folks, as we wrap up this second episode of By the Book, is rethinking the idea of Survivor Series, making it a more meaningful pay-per-view with a series of these kinds of survival-themed matches, bringing it back to its status as one of the big four pay-per-views, even if it's in a different month. Moving money in the bank there. Adding some new matches, a women's uh, money-in-the-bank-style elimination match for a contract, putting a tag gauntlet match in place and putting other matches in place that emphasize survival and would have meaning. These matches need to have meaning. And if you had a pay-per-view where all of the matches had meaning towards 
titles, championships, call-ups, any of it. Heck, forget the mid-card title shot. The winner of the Battle Royal gets $100,000. And there's a, you know, literal bag of money. Make all of these matches meaningful. You have now revolutionized that pay-per-view and, in their own ways, pumped up each of these divisions. Women's division matters more because now there's this money in the bank holder lurking around. Tag titles can change in an instant. The division can really be focused on in a gauntlet match. These mid-card matches can have serious, serious storylines and ramifications to them. It's not just some throw-in on the pre-show. This is my vision, my friends. Uh, I'd love to know what you think. At DC Matthews NAI is where you can send your comments. You can send them to ddtwrestling at gmail.com. Uh, we won't read them on the air, probably, because they have to do specifically with this show. And I hope you have enjoyed uh, this little adventure. It wasn't a pod blast. Doc and I have discussed these pod blasts, these 15 minute or less podcasts. This one took a little longer than I expected. But. I do hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that you got some ideas. I hope you have your own ideas. Feel free to share them with me. Share them with the neighborhood. This is not the be-all, end-all. If you have a better idea than these, I will gladly take it and thank you and give you all the credit if I remember your Twitter handle, which, as you know, is spotty. But anyways, my name is DC Matthews. This has been By the Book. And until we meet again... I will see you around the neighborhood.